Hello everyone and welcome to the Scientia podcast. And here today in the studio, uh, it's me, Filippa, Kate and Sergio. And we are a group of international researchers from the Scientia Fellows program through Marie Curie Sklodowska Curie Actions. We're based at the University of Oslo and uh, we created this podcast because we wanted to get to know other researchers how they got here, uh, where would they like to go, what motivates them, and what's their line of study and research. And uh, in this first episode, uh, we're just here gathering the studio to to get to know each other and present ourselves to you. Uh, but I will start with the person who's not physically present in the studio. Hello, Sergio. Hi, everyone. This is Sergio speaking. So... Uh, uh, it's, it's great to be here and it's great being doing the podcast with you. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited to, to be here today with you. Where are you? I'm actually in the Netherlands uh, because um, my fellowship, I mean, my first year of fellowship uh, is, is abroad. That's actually one of the best things about the program, about the fellowship, that you can develop yourself in other universities. So I will be moving soon to UK at the Sanger Institute, one of the uh, biggest leaders in genomics. And in the last year, I will be in Oslo. I hope hopefully with you as well. Yeah, we hope to see you here. I yeah. do. I hope, I hope so as well. Well, in the UK, then uh, that leads me to Kate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm originally from the UK uh, and uh, spent most of my uh, first part of my uh, career in in the UK, in London and then Oxford. Uh, and then actually just before starting here, I moved to Melbourne in Australia for a year oh, wow. uh, and then moved here. So moving from an Australian summer to a Norwegian winter was fun. <laughs> uh, and then I've been in Oslo for uh, nearly two years now. Okay. Yeah. And how about you, Philippa? Well, uh, I'm originally from Portugal, and uh, then I moved to Oxford. Mm. Then I moved to Glasgow, and mm. then to Oslo. And I've been here the same time as UK to, for two years, more or less. But I didn't have a shock with the weather. No. So I think, in that sense, I I, I was uh, better prepared, both mentally and physically. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a bit more of a shock coming from your home country to. Um, no, so no, I had melted pretty much uh, <laughs> a little bit of some costumes and culture. Yeah. Um, not that I lost it, but I did acquire some things that are not really from any of the cultures and countries. They're just a mixed up that I make and that it works for me, I think. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but I've spoken... Um, with a lot of people about this that have been abroad for many years and they feel the same that they don't really identify themselves with anything in particular but that they feel this same semi-identification with different cultures how do you feel about that oh that's interesting i'm not sure i guess i've been not outside the uk for as long potentially so i mm -hmm. perhaps haven't seen that as much mm -hmm. uh, though i have to say i definitely feel identify more as european i felt bit more yes. different when I was in Australia. It's far too hot. <laughs> I can't cope with that. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely uh, feel I'm more European and suited being in Europe. Uh, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I, I think uh, 
it's I'm still finding it interesting, like the different cultures and the different ways things work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still sort of enjoying that. I think. How Thank about you, Sylvia? I, I really feel the same way. So, for example, when I've I've been in the Netherlands for five years now, and I think I've really connected with people from from many countries. And I think it, it's great, especially to be abroad. So be uh, outside of your country for, for a while because you learn to mm-hmm. also to value your your country and your own culture, the good things, like, for example, the weather or the food. The food. Sometimes in the north is like uh, quite harsh sometimes. Um, but uh, I think it's like a really great experience uh, in life. And also for, for being a scientist, I think it's it's ideal to be to be abroad. Yeah, absolutely. You you learn so much just being in different work environments, yes. but also different cultures as well. Like it's so interesting to go outside your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I feel that that's one of the good things about our job when you take this thing of a part of it and, and move and go into different labs, different places is how many different people from different cultures you meet. And I yeah, for me, it, I, I really like that. I really love that. And I think it was a really good experience for me, not just as a scientist, but as a person as well. Yeah. I, I think it's quite a enriching, enriching experience. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest difference or thing you've enjoyed most coming to Norway? Well, it. I came to Norway and about two and a half months later... Mm. Um, <laughs> The pandemic uh, began, or or rather the the lockdowns began. Um, so I feel that it has shaped a little bit this past two years, um, and um, but maybe uh, the I think I don't know if it's more because of the location, but uh, the, I like that Oslo is a city without being a very big city. Yeah. It's not it's crowded enough for my taste but not too crowded and if I'm fed up of it in 15-20 minutes away I I have just uh, nature, mountains, uh, can go hiking anything, it's very easily accessible and I think that's uh, one of the things that I re- I had noticed that I missed that because I had that a little bit wh- where I lived in Portugal and uh, but and now I have it again and that's uh, what, a little bit what you were saying said you kind of appreciate what you had before and the, and the kind of you learn what you really like and don't like with these mixed experiences. And to me, it was this thing of, yes, a city, but not too big. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and for you, for you, Kate? Since yeah, no, the same. And I don't know if you've, uh, last winter, there was lots of campfires, seemed to be a big thing. Apparently, mm. it was more so during the pandemic than normal. But still, I loved how despite snow and ice everywhere, everyone's outside <laughs> yes. with little campfires and cooking hot dogs. So that I really enjoyed that last winter. So that was something that's really nice, like get outside regardless of the weather. <laughs> so, and how about the Netherlands? Like, What have you noticed most about moving to the Netherlands, Sergio? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's great. The cities are great. I miss a, li- a little bit of the nature. So mm-hmm. I think I, I'm looking forward to moving to Oslo at some point because many colleagues have told me, like, you can just go into nature, doing, uh, you can do hikes, uh, you can do skiing as well. And it's only like 15 minutes from where you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's actually great. I think I, I'm really looking forward to that. I went to Tromsø uh, in August because we are collaborating with uh, the university uh, there and it was amazing. So it was, I think, my first experience in Norway and 
I really loved it. So I, nice. I think it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, the other good thing about uh, Norway, it has to do with the weather. And Sergio, I think you're going to agree with me because where we come from, it's too hot. The summer is really nice mm. because there is summer unlike certain places in the UK. <laughs> and <laughs> But it's about? not too hot. You can actually enjoy be at the sun without just burning. Yeah. And yeah. so much light in the summer. It's amazing. It just I, really I struggled dark. with that. Oh, really? Yes. It was uh, too much uh, light every time of the day slash night. <laughs> I really struggled with that. You need to yes. get a good uh, eye mask to sleep with. I can't. Uh, I, I just can't. I don't do no. well with them. I, yes, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> no, for, for me as well. So, well, the Spanish people usually have dinner quite late but then we are we are used to like when it's dinner time it's dark outside yeah, yeah. uh and then it's 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 it feels very weird when it's summer and then you're just having your dinner and then it's completely so you have a lot of light out there and it, it feels yeah. it, it it takes some time to get used to it i think i i, I have the same feeling as as philippa yeah i i realized it even more because i i was I spent a, a few couple of years without going to Portugal and then I went uh, and I had had uh, one year and a half here in Norway. So I had had already one full summer and the summer and a half. And when I got there and the, it, the, the concept of summer nights where it's not cold and you see the stars and the Milky Way and everything. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't remember these existed because the concept of summer night here is just, oh, it's so nice. It's never dark. Like, let's go to the park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a different concept. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we should uh, talk a little bit about work, guys, no? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> what we're here for. <laughs> okay, um, Sergio, do you want to start? Um, what, what are you working on? Yeah, so uh, so in my group, I work I work at uh, Professor Yukar Koranders group. So we do a lot of genomics. So I mainly uh, work on bacteria and genomes. It's a similar work as, you, for example, you are seeing every day now with uh, COVID and with the COVID variants. And you only have to change that for uh, bacteria. So I work uh, with a species called E. coli, which is present in, in the guts of of most of the people so you can find it everywhere uh, but sometimes it's a nasty back because when you get ill or you feel sick it's when you can get sick of of that particular bacterium and uh, we we mainly do sequencing to study this bacteria through the genomes and we are just trying to understand how for example uh, this particular bacterium can um, acquire resistance to, to antimicrobials, so to antibiotics. Yes, Philippa? Yeah? Yes, I was wondering, uh, do you sequence uh, strains collected from samples, uh, lives from patients, or um, how is yes. your... Um, mm -hmm. Yes, we do, we do exactly. So we, are, uh, we, we were actually sequencing a collection of 2,000 samples from patients in all Norway for more than 20 years. And it's, it's like a really precious collection, like a lot of people could like to have this type of collection. So we have samples from patients and, and then we can see a little bit of transmission dynamics and how people, uh, well, how the bacteria can, can acquire resistance to, to antibiotics. Hmm. 
And so then you're hoping to be able to find ways of preventing that? Yeah, hopefully that's one of the latest goals, at least from, from my fellowship, trying to understand how we can we can tackle the, um, the spread of, of this resistance. Oh. And now uh, we, we are working on, on that. Cool. Let, let's see where, where, yeah. where it goes. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Kate? Uh, well, so my research is very different, switching tack. Um, so I actually am based within the Norwegian Centre for Violence and Traumatic Stress Studies. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, but essentially, I'm interested in sleep and circadian rhythms um, after traumatic events. Um, so when something bad happens to people, uh, obviously, people can react in lots of different ways. Uh, and one of that is sleep disruption. Uh, and I'm interested in how that plays into how they um, sort of react in other ways as well. So other sort of psychological impacts. And so currently I'm actually working on the Utoya study. Um, so this is a study that was set up nearly 10 years ago now, uh, looking at the survivors of the Utoya terrorist attack um, on the island um, and it's seeing how the survivors have um, changed over the course of the the since the attack and how they're still doing now. Uh, and part of that is looking at sleep and so how they're sleeping. And so we're looking at that data uh, to see how how they're sleeping and how that interplays with other um, outcomes as well. Interesting. Do you try to correlate it with any kind of biological data that you have? Or yeah, we like, don't. Yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah. any sort of. Uh, I mean, we have um, largely self-report through interviews. Is mm -hmm. the the primary data we have? Uh, we do have some sort of medical records, and we obviously have access to the registries, which are a big part um, of of sort of what done in Norway and it's something that's really great here there's a lot of registry data from mm -hmm. various different levels uh, so we are able to access sort of like medical records um, uh, as well um, but we don't sort of have um, individual biological data mm -hmm. from them that would be something that would be great uh, <laughs> they say the that geeking me goes <laughs> yeah all. no me too I have a biology background so the same for me <laughs> um, but um, we actually did in the although we don't have um throughout in the last data collection which was uh, about a year and a half ago we did collect activity data um, so that's giving us at least some marker of, of um, how they're doing on an individual basis and a bit more of an objective uh, data set. Because Kate, do they use like a device while they are sleeping to track a little bit how how they are sleeping? Or yeah, so it's not really sleep specific. Uh, it's very much activity, um, and so there is a uh, a little sensor that actually the ones we're using goes on the thigh, the upper thigh, um, and it basically just it's like an accelerometer. So like it just monitors how mm -hmm. active someone is, and actually we're working with um, the Hunt study, which. Um, I was going to ask whether your samples also come from that, from where you, you said your data was coming from. But uh, yeah, and so they have been collecting this data for thousands of people uh, in Norway uh, and we use the same sensors. Uh, and from that, they have done some all sorts of clever 
machine learning algorithms going mm-hmm. on top of it and they can tell what kind of activity people are doing uh, and so from that we can tell if someone's sitting or standing lying running cycling all sorts of amazing things uh, and so then we'll be able to use that data to kind of be a proxy for sleep uh, we can't really tell if they're definitely asleep uh, but you know kind of give us an idea of if, if they're asleep or not that's very interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know really it is and uh, looking forward to to see the results of that yeah me too yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're not there yet <laughs> yeah we, we should do an episode uh later uh, in a year or so where we can discuss our own uh research results yeah absolutely uh rather than just uh, saying the the scope Plans. of it Uh, right, and as for me, um, I study the link between uh, local and systemic antibody responses. So uh, how do, for instance, antibodies that uh, are originated in the gut, uh, we can find uh, antibodies uh, specific for the same antigen circulating uh, in the blood. Mm. And uh, I take two approaches uh, on this on this project uh, because I take advantage of uh, both of uh, my backgrounds. Uh, the stronger one is in microbiology and then uh, throughout my PhD, uh, then it uh, became um, immunology as well. So on one hand, I am looking at the antibodies against uh, commensal bacteria. So the good bacteria that live in our gut. Okay. And I study if we have the same antibodies that are in the gut, that are uh, in the blood against a particular bacteria from the duodenum. Can I just ask a question? This is my naivety. Go for it. Antibodies against good bacteria? Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, that is a good thing. Okay. That is a good thing. Uh, so that helps you uh, to not only... Um, regulate what your good bacteria do for you, mm-hmm. uh, but also give you a certain uh, basal level of protection against pathogens due mm, okay. to some level of cross-reactivity okay. between the antibodies, between the species that inhabit um, your gut and the ones that try to invade you yeah. and are really pathogenic. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I never knew we had like good antibodies. <laughs> well, no, well good all antibodies, antibodies are good. good. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. yeah good we we do have antibody responses not only against pathogens yeah. but also against uh, our own good bacteria that we want to keep them hmm. uh, with us. Yeah, but does that process then ever get out of hand? Is that possibly some of the reasons for? There are some conditions that there seems to be a dysregulation of these responses in the gut. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. that can. Uh, leads to um, then certain manifestations of disease, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Anyway, sorry. No, Carry no, on. it's okay. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I'm just trying to, so this is not how I usually present my my work, so I'm kind of struggling to not use uh, words that are very specific. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, and the, the in, through the, the other uh, route of um, looking at uh, this link between these two types of responses uh, is uh, through um, tracking uh, autoantibodies. And um, for instance, in uh, celiac disease, mm-hmm. where we have the production of autoantibody in the gut, but we can also find uh, antibody, with the autoantibody circulating in the blood. And it's looking at this relationship also through the bone marrow. 
where um, the antibodies in circulation should have been produced by bone marrow um, antibody-producing cells. Okay. What was that word, Philippa? Autoantibody? Uh, yes, autoantibodies. So uh, it's uh, when your body does antibodies against yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. No, no. No, no. <laughs> That's good. All right. And I think that it was all for today for us. It was really nice to chat with you guys. And on the next episode, we will have uh, three other colleagues of ours. Matthias, Vandana and Andrea. And uh, we hope you enjoy uh, our podcast and where we are going to have invited guests that have uh, different lines of research where they're going to talk about themselves behind the science and also about their science and their contribution. And thank you all for listening and until next time. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye.